Hello, I'm Pauline Eyre. And I'm Louise Lee. This is Airly Doors and we are... Opening Doors to Other Dimensions. And we are changing our names soon. Here's how it works. We feed information about our guest into our space-time generator, the Dimension Matrix, or Dominatrix for short, and she creates a whole bunch of portals or doors into other dimensions. And then we let our guest peer through the doors into alternative realities. Will they be living out their wildest dreams, trapped in their childhood nightmares? Or some weird bastard mixture of the two? But Louise, who is our lucky guest today? It's the winner of the 2008 Melbourne Airport Award. Was she the best airport in Melbourne? We have to know. She also won awards at the Sydney Comedy Festival, the Perth Comedy Festival and the New Zealand Comedy Festival. She busted enough to get nominated for the Edinburgh Fringe Best Comedy Award and is regular host of the Amazing Guilty Feminist podcast, We're Not Worthy. She's a comedian, <laughs> actor, writer and it says here, knucklehead, it's only Felicity Bloody Ward. Hello, mates. Hello. What was the Melbourne Airport Award? It's the best newcomer. Oh, oh okay. The airport sponsor, like the airport gave the money. Oh. It wasn't like... Best person to land on the comedy scene this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's not like the Perrier Award is for the people who have the best at being a fizzy drink, is it? No, no. no. The money's coming from somewhere when there's money involved, yeah. which is rare. Which is rare. Hello. Anyway, Hi. Welcome. Welcome to our main arch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. We are excited to have you. Very starstruck indeed. It's very exciting. Starstruck? Starstruck. Starstruck. Positive. I mean, there's a clothes horse behind me. (laughs) You know, I I am always surprised when people, you know, it doesn't happen often, but when people are like, oh, we've got Felicity Ward. I'm like, I haven't had a shower. You know, I just put on some moisturiser this morning. Don't be, don't worry. I can't tell you how many used tissues I have next to me. Um, I have one of many technological things uh, that don't work that I want to take back that I won't. Um, I can't, yeah, there's just, there's just so little star about what, what I am and who I am. Ah, uh, yes, but for me, a star doesn't live glamorously. A star just has to be, you know, somebody I aspire well, to. That's a very nice thing to say. And that's who we bring on our podcast. I like the idea of the universe being full of kind of used tissues belonging to like Alpha Centauri. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, like <laughs> during the day, they're just hoovering up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just looking at the wash going, I really should put another one on, but I'm not yeah, going to, yeah, am I? Yeah. You don't have to until everyone has run out of pants. That's the rules. That is yeah, the so rules. That is the rules, yeah. So anyway, Felicity, lots of the things that come out of the dominatrix are made from ingredients that come from your own life. But before Mm. we set the machine off, we've got one more person we need to put in. Tell us about Lisa Brown. Oh, so Lisa Brown was um, my best friend, in inverted commas, in primary school, um, in kindergarten. And that's her real name, and I just realised I used her real name. Um, (laughs) She... Would you I like mean, us to she, use a different name? Or don't think she no, she, she didn't do anything bad. I just have attachment issues. And uh, we, we in kindergarten, in is it called reception here? First year of Yeah, kindergarten yeah. we understand as well. Kindergarten, yeah, kindergarten, yeah. 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 So in, uh, or kindy as we call it, um, <laughs> we decided we were going to be best friends 
And I think I made us write it on a note and I put it under a rock outside of our classroom, like a big rock. Um, I, I grew up in a national park, so there was rocks oh, wow. in the garden. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I found out later that year that she had another best friend, which she actually oh. spent more time with. Um, Did she have another rock, though? I don't know. But I do know that this friend had a small poker machine at her house, like a toy poker machine that oh, it wasn't a toy because it took it. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have Whereas that. Whereas you just I mean, had a we, rock. We had a rock at school. Like what we had at home, I it was a vet, it was look, we were poor, but that's kind of not why we had what we had. We had a house, um, which wasn't unusual in the eighties, even if you're poor. Um, we borrowed the money, I think, off Mum told me the other day, actually. <laughs> Sorry. I don't my stories don't go in a straight line. You get forty five <laughs> tangents and then we will come back to Lisa. Um, all good. My mum told me that because we're trying to buy a house at the moment, my husband and I, and I'm like, it's so hard. There's so much paperwork. And mum's like, oh yeah, no one knows what they're doing. She said, when we bought our house, we got bought it for like no money, and then we got a um like a really small amount. And then I got a, a message like three four months later saying that we're taking the house back. And I was like, why? And they're like, you haven't paid us. And they're like, oh, I thought the bank just gave you our mortgage. Like I thought they just did it because no one tells you. <laughs> no. And so by the time that had happened, all the interest rates had changed. It was the only one they could get, like a loan was for like 17% interest. So they had to take that, borrow money off my dad's parents and then say, oh, we'll pay, you pay it now and we'll pay you back um, when the, you know, fixed rates changed. Anyway, Lisa Brown. So our house we didn't have a flushing toilet. We had a pan toilet, um, which is outside. Um, like so, a, like a proper old fashioned dunny. As it yeah, was. it's a dunny. Do you call it? Do you call yeah. them dunnies over here? No, but we uh, watch I'm a celebrity. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a dunny. It was an outdoor yeah. dunny. Um, and we didn't have a shower. We had a bath, um, which isn't that unusual in the UK. That's very yeah. unusual in Australia. Um, what is your obsession with bar? You know what helps relax me? Human soup. It just really takes the edge off. Just <laughs> stewing in my own filth. Mm, sometimes I wash my hair in there. I used to wash my hair in the bath. That's insane. Yeah. You're like, I'll rinse it, then I'll put shampoo in it, then I'll rinse it so I've got shampoo, and then I'll condition it, and then I'll rinse it in the shampoo water and the dirty yeah. bath water. Have, in Australia, did you have those weird rubber, like, shower heads that you put onto your non-mixer tap that were like instantly. oh yeah 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 and yeah. they would really perish and they smelt really you know that was holiday cottage smell for me so the smell of that perishing rubber tube they don't perish in australia because we don't have hard water so we don't get mold we don't get mold in all of our bathrooms like we do here yeah i can't i still can't get over it i'm like we're clean why is this house disgusting why yeah. is everything moldy jam. Yeah, yeah. And that's the frustration about, um, this isn't funny, I'm just going on a rant about things I don't like about living here after eight years, um, <laughs> is that uh, you can do all the washing in the world and I've got we've got two clothes horse, but even with the heating on in this weather, it'll take a week to dry. So yeah. you've got two clothes horses and a two-bedroom apartment and a toddler and then by the time you've it's dried, you've got no clothes and you've got to do washing again. So it's just always clothes horses up. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, and, yeah. and also no allowance in the design of flats or houses for that. Absolutely no, no, no. Essential function. It's in, it's insane. No because even though even though we've always had this climate, we we air our clothes outside. Pauline, well, I where they cannot freeze. get over what this country accepts. Like we go, yeah, we just don't have that. It's like, but you could, and everyone's like, nah, nah, don't think. We'd so. rather complain. Thank like you. Like there's much. a, you can put a dryer. Like we've got an airing cupboard in our bathroom. Yeah, you could put put a, a small dryer in there. Yeah. But people just don't. And we rent and out like there's no way our landlord would do it. And you can get ones that you can have in cupboards. Like they Yeah, a condenser. A condenser. Yeah. 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 It's just I don't get it. I don't get <laughs> no. it. Anyway, so Lisa Brown, the reason I was mentioning my house <laughs> I told you we'd come back. I love um, it. is that love it. Lisa's other best friend had the casino, you know, the poker machine, the um fruit machine at her house. And we did not have those kind of things. We did have a trapdoor instead of a stairwell. <gasps> oh, so cool. A- adventure. It was a, yeah, yeah. I mean, so adventurous <laughs> to be poor. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things that, in theory, people love the idea of an intentional trapdoor, but mm. not because it's for lack of a stairwell. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. if you had a stairwell, but you also had a secret trapdoor, that'd be sick. But we had a trapdoor instead but of if you're, stairwell. But if you're posh like Louise and me and you get to go to somebody's house and they've got a trapdoor, you think it's the most amazing, glamorous thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. because all that privilege goes, I mean, I wouldn't want to live here, obviously. Yes, yeah. It's like the countryside. It's like, it's like the countryside. <laughs> and camping. camping. Yeah. I love coming yeah. here, but I wouldn't want to live here. No. Well, that's that was the thing where I grew up is uh, poor people live there, rich people holiday there. And it's still the case if I tell people where I grew up, I go, kill care, and they go, oh, I'm like, have you got a friend that's got a house there? And they're like, yeah, how did uh, you know? I'm like, because we used to hate you in the 80s. Yeah. Except we were a tourist destination and our economy relied on tourists. So it was a real love-hate-need thing. Uh, so Lisa Brown, did she break your heart? Is that what happened? Yes, absolutely. And not intentionally. She just thought no. that it was fine to have a couple of best friends, which mm. it is. But because I put such high expectations, I mean, this is at age six. Can you imagine mm. how needy I am now when I have like <laughs> I, I have thought a you were going to say you're less needy now. No, 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 no. I still have the emotional needs of a six-year-old, but Ooh. with adults who are fully developed. So Ooh. it's oh, it's tragic. Maybe that, maybe that's Lisa Brown's fault. If she had <laughs> given you what you needed, that little yeah, brain I, might have grown up more secure. While I appreciate your support, <laughs> I don't think that my dysfunction stemmed from someone I went to school with. <laughs> I don't think well, one incident caused that. Oh, she's yeah. lovely. Lovely yeah. stuff. And she's the other oh, side yeah. of the world, so let's slag her off and hate her. <laughs> she's but great. It is, but it Poor is, woman. I mean, it, it's so under-acknowledged how your childhood friends can really break your heart. Yes. Mm. Well, on the other side of that, I've never talked about this before, I grew up in a very aggressively funny household where we made each other laugh all of the time, probably because we couldn't communicate in any other way. And um, there was other stuff that went on, but that was what I thought. I thought that's how people communicate. I thought that's how you show love. I thought Mm. that's how you earn respect from people. And um, I found that. currency. 
uh, I went to two high schools. I went to one from basically like up to my GCSEs and then for my last two years went to a different high school. Yeah. For the first year, uh, the, after I left school, I started working in a cafe with a girl who was in the year below me in the first high school I went to. Mm-hmm. She was really quiet with me and I was like me. I was like effusive and ebullient and inclusive and she was always just really shy and I couldn't figure it out. And I went up to a girl who uh, worked there as well, who I was friends with, and I said, I don't know what's going on with her. Like, I am i don't know if I've done anything or what's wrong, but, like, yeah, she's really, like, just keeping me at a distance. And she said, yeah, you used to bully her on the bus. <gasps> and I had no idea. So then oh, no. my best friend went from that high school, my best friend went to our 20th year anniversary. It was three years ago, I think. And, um, oh, God, but Felicity, you look so young. And, um, <laughs> And she said there was two guys from our year who said, yeah, Felicity said this mean thing to me in high school and I've never forgotten it. And so all this time I thought that I was just being like one of the guys and actually I was very intimidating. And I, like I'm, there's there's one or two incidents where I'm genuinely, I was like, oh, yeah, that was bullying. One of them I've made contact with. The other one I don't, I haven't made contact with. Um, I haven't found her, but I've tried to because I mm. there was one incident in particular where I was like, I don't, I, it's not who I am now mm. and I'm, I'm a product of uh, my environment where I grew up and although I don't make excuses, like yeah. I will wholeheartedly apologise for my behaviour and the impact that's had on anyone after school um, and then at the same time when you're a kid, you only do what you're taught or 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 how you're shown or guided mm-hmm. um and so yeah it's so uh, i i genuinely had no uh, idea that that was me i always thought of myself as the weirdo outsider in the popular group so i hung with the popular girls but i always saw myself as the clown that was just there and entertaining yeah um with a couple of like really close mates uh but i yeah i i did not i couldn't imagine at 5 foot 4 and, at, you know, a stone and a half that I was <laughs> a, a bully or intimidating, but apparently I was. So yeah. whatever you were presenting on the outside, none of us had any confidence. Everybody thought they were the outsider. Yeah, you were yeah. teenagers. That's yeah. what you were. Yeah. God, yeah. I was intense. Have you guys seen a movie called Heavenly Creatures? Oh, yes. Kate Winslet, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so Peter oh, Jackson, right. who directed yeah. Lord of the Rings, this yeah. is one of the films that he – and it is an exquisite film and such a – like borderline realistic ex- exploration of intense female friendship and obsession. My best friend and I, who I, I'm still best friends with, because Hooray. we we had we had that intensity. Mm. We were in a band together. We would hang out all day together. We would call each other when we got home. We would speak for hours on the phone after being at school together. What the fuck did we talk about? No idea. Yeah. I'm so same glad stuff we- over and over. Just repeating it over and over again. I was at boarding school, so I was with my best friend all day and all night. A perfect right? scenario. Perfect. But we also marked up our timetable so that we could wave at each other when we passed in the school. Like if she was going to Spanish <laughs> and I was going to French, we'd marked up with a little green line around the box that that was a waving opportunity. I love teenage girls. <laughs> I love teenage girls. It's so intense. Yeah. It's so intense. 
Like my best friend Shannon and I, we bonded o- the, over the fact that we both had brown corduroy trousers. You like had brown corduroy trousers? It was the 90s, right, yeah, and we were that's... both grunge girls. Yeah. And so or we were like indie grunge girls. And then we like I told her that I wrote lyrics and she's like I play instruments and then we started a band together and that went on for years. And when mm. our friendship did break up, it was so crushing. We both went to different, as I said, different colleges. and. um we both turned into not the person that the other person would hang out with. And then we ended up becoming friends again after high school and now we're still bestie, bestie, besties. Mm. But she said the most beautiful thing and it still stuck with me. She said sometimes um, she said, I'll meet you on the third hill. You go over your hill, I go over my hill and sometimes we'll meet on the third hill. You know? Oh, my God, so beautiful. Isn't it so She's beautiful? literally crying. That's so beautiful, though, because it's yeah. an acknowledgement that you're going in different places but that you will reconnect. And Yeah. So- she always had such a, like, she had a bit real bigger picture mentality to that stuff where I took mm. everything so personally and everything was crushing and it was all about me doing something by myself. And, it's you know, it still is. I go to therapy. Mm. I'm an antidepressant. But it's still... Like I still have the, those feelings. And so when she said, I'll meet you on the third hill, it's just like, and we'd already met there, you know, but it's such a mm. beautiful way to think about life and friendship yeah. and relationships and I even with your kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that you don't have to be getting on right now. The friendships that I've made through the children, so much of them are about the fact that we encounter each other every day because they're in the, the kids are in the same yeah. class. And then the kids get changed classes. You don't see them so much, but you kind of, you know, that for some of them, you will manage to. Yeah, yeah. Right. Listen, I'm having so much fun. I've completely forgotten about the game. I think we should. We need to. I think we should. There's no short stories with me. I'm so sorry. No, this is not going to be a short. Right. Well, we'll try and be disciplined. We'll try and be disciplined. Okay. Yeah. And there was me thinking, how are you going to get three hours of comedy? write three hours of comedy all at the same time next year oh I talk so much <laughs> <laughs> so let's put Lisa Brown into the dominatrix isn't that a salad spinner no it's high tech so before we look through the first door, just to explain the game, the good news, Felicity, is that we're actually going to use the power of the dominatrix to allow you to walk through one of the doors and live the life you see on the other side. But the bad news is you have to make the decision before you know what all the options are. So if you see something you like, it's choose it or lose it. Okay. 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 Brilliant. Well, without further ado, let's look through the first door. Door number one. Okay, behind door number one is an art therapy session. And this week it is building things out of lolly sticks. Mm. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know if you could probably see that, but I just licked my front teeth. Um, (laughs) I, I cannot, it's one of the few things that I, I can only I don't like the sticks, okay? I don't like the sticks. We call, them, we call them paddle pop sticks in Australia and if I'm eating an ice lolly, I have to sort of I bite it and let go so the chunk falls into my mouth because I can't mm-hmm. uh, I can't bite and pull my teeth through it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my sister-in-law is an art therapist, but I'm going to say huh? no. I don't have to. <laughs> I'm literally wringing my hands. So are you the same with chip forks? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly you the same thing. Chip forks, plastic oh, cutlery. Wooden, wooden no, cutlery. no, no, not plastic cutlery. It's the plastic wooden cutlery. Is okay. It's the wood, yeah, it's, it's the wood. Protection. You know, there's a name for this. What's it called? It's, it's called xylophobia, X-Y-L-O. I looked it up. That doesn't sound. Oh, because xylophones are made of wood. With xylophones. I don't know. It's about, yeah. Glockenspiels are made of metal. Made of glockens. Yeah, made of glockens, yes. Mine is um, exactly the same, but mine is, is, um, is, uh, I call it the white stuff because I'm going to really struggle to say the name, polystyrene. We call it easy mud, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. And I'm literally now, I'm goosebumps, 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 just the idea of it, so I totally agree. Okay, so in this situation, in this scenario, we're putting you in this art therapy situation is about trying to, break you of your phobia it's a you know that if you can make something beautiful out of paddle pop sticks mm. then you are cured would you be in, into that well look i know that 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 london zoo do exposure therapy for mm. people who are arachnophobic mm-hmm. they have like a 99 percent or 95 percent success rate and you've mm. got to like you play with the spiders or, or not just play with them but I don't know because he because here's the thing. I grew up on a beach, right? And mm-hmm. when you walk down to a beach, they have wooden uh, like uh, slats, and that's mm-hmm. to help like grip. It's helped to, to help with the the erosion. geology with erosion, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. there's still. And I still find that challenging. So I've been exposed to a lot of <laughs> wood that makes me uncomfortable. No yeah. pun intended. And, um, <laughs> And I'm still uncomfortable with it, so I, I don't think I don't. I wonder think where gonna... it stems from. Did you did you bite a lolly stick when you were when you met Lisa Brown? Well, I well, there's <laughs> probably a lolly stick under the rock. I think um, I think one might have have got or risked a splinter. It, I think I no, because I love splinters in your tongue though. Oh, I mean, no one loves splinters in their tongue. I can categorically say that. <laughs> so anyway, I have had a splinter in their I tongue. That's a there's someone who does because there's a yeah, lot there'd of be, people yeah, in that's the world. True. But, yeah. Not that yeah. we're king-shaming Louise. No, we're not. But, you know, I'm just saying it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, do, I, do, I mean, I assume it's to do with something at the beach that's happened because it is, it's dry feet on wooden, on wood as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got some, we've got polished wood in this flat uh but we've got runners and we've got rugs and if i've got dry dusty feet i do not like walking across it ah oh, mm. that's not just not just in your mouth nah okay. it's woody wood woody it's, wood, it, wood, it wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's see who, who the Wait, therapist it, you might is. change your mind if this therapist is somebody you adore it might Maybe. be that if the therapist was somebody amazing you might go for this let's find okay. out Um, it is the uh, government-mandated toilet drunk girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the government-issued drunk girl from the That's nightclub it. toilet. <laughs> to explain, oh. to explain to the listeners, this is a piece of material that I have uh, about um, how it, people with depression should be given uh, drunk girls from nightclub toilets because they're always so supportive. They're amazing. Um, they're amazing. They're great therapists. I think they're great therapists in toilets. Yeah. I think that if you had them in a therapy room, it would actually be quite triggering and maybe 
create further trauma. Yeah. Is that is word in the outside, Dunny? No, no, I think it was made of fibro, which is, I don't even, oh. I, can't, I can't remember um, what you call it over here. It's like weatherboard. It's oh, very okay, right. thin. It's very thin. It's like very MDF thin. Or yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I can't, I can't remember. I should have, it's one of the oh, words I should have translated. Can you imagine being in this art <laughs> therapy session with this glorious girl going, you are so wonderful. You are so, you know, your yeah, dress is cool. so fantastic. You will, you can do this. You can, you can make this out of lolly sticks and everything. So I can't, comic, I'm not going to, I'm not going to impersonate her because you're you, too good at it. You know, drunk girls that come up to you after gigs and they're like, you are so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, I don't normally find women funny, oh, but you I don't want to be, I don't want to be trapped in a room with her. That actually sounds no. like a double nightmare. I love yeah. those girls, but I don't want them to be in charge of my mental health. I don't want to pay them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, I'm going to say no to door number one. Okay, great. Easy decision. We like that. Yeah. Come. But for the benefit of the listener, if you're not familiar, just uh, Google Felicity Ward videos and find that bit of comedy because it is such a We'll put a link in the, in the show notes. Good oh, idea. You're very sweet. Door number two. Behind door number two, you're behind the decks at a banging party. The crowd is going wild. It's full of the coolest celebrities and hundreds of others having the night of their lives. You're the best DJ ever and you are smashing this gig. The downside is that every song is a remix of Is This The Way To Amarillo? Mm. So, <laughs> in this dimension, that's actually a thing. Hello, are you still there, Felicity? Have yeah, I don't know. I'm just song. checking whether the whether you've buffered. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's. Um, um, Agadu. Is this the way to? I knew you were going to say Agadu. I knew you were going to say. It's that kind of yeah. pissy, annoying yeah. bollocks. Yeah. Um, uh, Not so. Yes. yes. No, it's just that you looked so blankly at me. I thought maybe you buffered. Um, <laughs> Why is she so still so, and quiet? People do get worried when I stop talking. My husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm just feeling a bit sad. He'll check on me all the time. He's like, can I, I get you something? Day. I'm like, I just feel sad. He's like, I don't like it. It's weird when you're quiet. How nice. <laughs> if I go quiet, my husband just thinks, fantastic, what a relief, and ignores yeah. my sadness. Well, for the um, first half day, he ignores it. He really relishes it. so as we reach the penultimate track in this amazing night someone comes up and asks you to play their new remix of this awful song but it's the world's best music producer slash dj it's your absolute idol how do you feel about the scenario so far before we find out who it is i don't i like look so you're saying i'm only playing agadu remixes Yes. Or is it all different novelty songs? No, it, it's, it's the same. Like in this dimension, that would be a night out, right? Yes, it's all the it's same. It's the Agadoo song. night. Everyone loves the Agadoo night. We all go and just dance to the Agadoo remixes all night. It's, How you know, much money am I getting remix. paid? For? You're getting paid a fortune. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> Mum's got to eat, you know? Yeah. Okay. Note to, note to listener, uh, Felicity is a fantastic DJ and I had – the night of my life in uh, Edinburgh, dancing with all the young people. 
about when, three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I so came that, up and talked to you, and and uh, yeah, and it was it was just the best. It was my last night there. We'd had the best time and the best ten day run. And I'm 55. I would have been 52 or something. And I just danced all night with all these 30 year olds. And at one point, because I did a split show, at one point, uh, my friend that did the split show said, "I'm just going to go and check on Pauline." And someone went, "What are you, her carer?" Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was having the best time whilst very knowingly thinking they're all dancing with their mum at a wedding and I don't care <laughs> no my music is not just for 30 year olds my music is it for anyone ace. that likes dancing I mean yeah, I, I put those shows up like uh, that, that those shows really are like I've done eight Edinburgh's I think and that's one of my absolute highlights because I what I've been doing the last couple of years is just speaking to Gilda Balloon and saying, hey, I want to put on some DJ nights. Do you have a room? Um, yeah. So I don't pay any advertising costs. I don't pay a higher fee. I get paid a pretty minimal amount of money, but I get to play all the music that I like when my friends turn up and there's because there's not many DJ nights in Edinburgh. Mm. It's so weird yeah. that you can't yeah. go out dancing after your show every night. Like it's such Which a is so much healthier to do than sit in bars talking about it all. <laughs> And getting yeah. more and more yeah. intense. Yeah, uh, like yeah. if you if you can go and get, you know, you're gonna probably gonna get smashed anyway. But yeah. why not do it with your friends in a joyful environment? And yeah. the great thing about the year that you're talking about is I don't know if you saw this, but every single week I would get my flatmates up on stage and we would do a lip sync to a song uh, of our choosing. So we fuck. did Ironic by um an Alanis Morissette. Yeah. We did Stay by Lisa Loeb and we did <laughs> Hold On by Wilson Phillips. <gasps> and so the, the show would, I'd stop the show. This would be like at 2.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock oh, in the morning. Fantastic. And i go, I'd like to bring up Georgie Donnelly and Susie Ruffle and they would come up and there's all these like 18-year-olds that were sort of ironically enjoying the music that the 30-year-olds were enjoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a kitsch night for them. Retro. We're listening to music from 2009. And then then I'd play these like early, mid-90s songs and we'd lip sync and I couldn't give a shit. And it was the highlight. It was so much fun. And then we'd go back to music and we'd all have a good time. It was great. Oh, Oh, that's that's amazing. I proper love dancing. I proper Mm. love parties. Mm. Um, So so you're in this dimension. You're having a great, everyone's having a great night. You're being paid well. Yeah, and the uh, the person who comes up and asks you to play their remix of Agadoo to the Weight of Amarillo is... Oh, it's Lisa Brown. Oh. <laughs> well, one, I'm interested that she has a career in music. That's a surprise Ooh. to me. Didn't Ooh, pick yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe you had more in common than she thought. Yeah, maybe we could maybe have been she, best friends. No, <laughs> maybe she wants to be one of your best friend lip syncing, hanging out with Susie Ruffle kind of girls. Yeah, Ooh. and I, I think I'm okay with that. Lisa Brown didn't do anything to me, you know. It was Ooh. my heart that broke. It wasn't she didn't yeah, break yeah. my heart. I know I said yeah. that before, but she she hasn't done anything yeah. wrong. It's just a very yeah. sensitive child. Um, this is a tricky one because I love DJing. Uh, listening to the same song over and over again is torture and is actually mm. a recognised form of torture. It is. Mm. But I do love money. I'm not going to deny <laughs> it. I want to be rich. 
you know. Now, there's lots of positive in this, but it's only door two. There are four more. There's four more doors. Mm. Mm. Oh, see, I'm curious. This is not like, no, I'm closing well, You will it. get to hear them. You will get to hear them, but, you, you know, but you, yeah. No, Close I think it. there's better. Close it. Yeah. There's better on the horizon. Mm. I do like an optimist. <laughs> Door number three. This Door is going to be better. You're, oh, yeah. So you're back living with your in-laws. Free babysitting, good food, and more loo roll than you could ever need. How does that sound? It actually sounds great. I, before cool. I had a baby, it was uh, challenging living with my in-laws. And now mm-hmm. that we have a two-year-old, I spend so much, especially in lockdown, we spent so much time over there. My mother-in-law is an angel on earth. Uh, she's a, almost a better grandmother than I am a mother. And I'm mm-hmm. a pretty good mum. I, I know not many people say that, but I'm a, apart from food, I'm really not great at giving the, him loads of different kinds of foods. Um, <laughs> but I'm an A-grade mum in lots of other ways. Yeah. So I would oh, it's have lovely to hear someone say that. It's really yeah, it's lovely. lovely. Really, it's really lovely. lovely. I have I mean, material being... about it, like going to nurseries and doing try and watching them do tryouts. So you know, like seeing if they gelled. Yeah, my kid gets grade A entertainment at home. He gets live at the <laughs> Apollo twelve hours a day. You know. Yeah. So I see these teachers reading, and I'm like, yeah. Put some heart into it. Where's the range? Where's the characterization? (laughs) I'm with you. I read my kids Harry Potter from start to finish and they all had characters. They all had, um, so all the Weasleys were Brummy and and Hermione going to talk like that. And I just loved reading them. I was having the time of my life. My poor kids. It's a production. Actually, when we got to the beginning of book seven and I, and, and, um Voldemort was had the had the caretaker hovering above the table and I went, Kill him, Nagini. And my daughter said, Uh, can we stop now? Can we can I just read the rest on my own? I can't cope oh. with it. <laughs> I'm too frightened. <laughs> I was so proud. I like, I'm the best. Yeah, you can keep Stephen Fry. <laughs> I'm actually traumatized by a child. That's how good I am at reading. Yeah, my kid doesn't want to hear any more of it because I'm so good at it. Yeah, but when somebody reads the Gruffalo without giving it what it needs or the, yeah, going on a bear hunt without, without yeah. you know. Yeah. Do you know yeah. we used to do, um, I didn't know going on a bear hunt was a book or I'd forgotten because we did it as a song at school or like, you know, oh. there's, we did it at Brownies. Yeah. We go, we go on a bear oh, hunt. Yeah. We're going to catch a big one. one. What a beautiful day. Yeah. We're not scared. Yeah, you know. No idea it was a book. I don't, or, or did Michael Rosen take that rhyme and put it in a book? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, okay, well, let's see. I think so it's unlikely this... he's not really a plagiarist, not known no. for being. <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, so uh, in this dimension, however, it's not your current mother and father-in-law, uh, so you get someone else. So let's have a look and see who it is. Okay, uh, so <laughs> it says here your parents-in-law are a pair of passive of, of a pair of passive-aggressive English people. So that may already be true, but it doesn't sound like it. No. <laughs> Talk to me about passive aggression because oh, 
Um, Louise is the most English Scottish person you'll ever meet. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's. I'm not saying that I'm not passive aggressive. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a king. I'm a queen of passive aggression. Mm-hmm. However, because I am Australian, I have found in the UK that I can come across as rude when actually I'm just saying my feelings mm-hmm. or I'm saying facts. Yeah. Um, or I'm highlighting a problem that we're both looking for a, you know, a, in a business uh, situation. I'll say this is a problem um, and this is how I felt. And they might go, well, this, this, this and this. And I'm like, no, 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 this isn't friendship. This is business. So what do we do so that this doesn't happen again? Yeah. It, yeah. Like we can't we can't take this personally if I'm paying yeah, yeah. you to do this. Yeah. Um, uh, so that that has been really challenging. I'm also really emotionally uh, open. So I've had, I've I've cried once telling someone that things were hard, and they're like, "Oh, don't cry." And I'm like, "No, no, no, crying's good. Crying, yeah, it's coming yeah. out." Yeah. So there's, I have found there's a real terror of truth <laughs> in the <laughs> UK. Um, mm. Not and of emotion. Not, yeah. That, well, that's what I mean. I, I mean, mean like, seeing emotion. Yeah, I had a really nurse say that to me. I had a midwife after after birth say, "Don't cry." It's like, no, I'm what? I'm crying here. Don't cry. Yeah, my babies were in special care. I was in a ward with everybody else's babies, and my twin babies were in special care. And she came in in the morning, and she's you know she said, "How was how was your night?" It was pretty bad. I don't have my babies with me. Everybody else's babies. I started crying. She went, "Don't cry." I was like, I, "This is." I think no, I don't babe. think objectively anybody could say it was unreasonable to cry at this moment. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is you don't need an objective reason to cry because they're your feelings. Right. You know? Yeah. Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need a yeah. justification if you've got tears coming out. You're sad and that's all right. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah, right. no, I, I I find passive aggression very difficult. It's not how I was raised in a quite a direct environment. A, quite a bantery, piss taking environment as well. Mm. But yeah, just quite kind of like in fact, my favourite place ever to work, I worked in a Reuters newsroom briefly when they let me have a grown-up job. And um, and it was amazing because something would go wrong. Everyone would go, something went wrong. Here's how it went wrong. Here's how we, you know, we've all talked, we've, we've all talked about it. We've gone, that was the problem. Here's mm. the fix. Let's not do that again. Move yeah. on. It was yeah. incredible. It's so rare liberating it's and it's the same with accountability mm-hmm. when i fuck up i go i fucked up i'm really sorry i've made this more difficult than it needed to be it had this impact and then you can move on when i highlight a problem and this isn't an english thing this is a, a like a, it can be a bit business speak mm. um or corporate speak where you highlight a problem they go yeah so moving forward you're like no 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 we can't move forward you need to acknowledge that you've done it yeah and then we can move forward. Because if you, if I just tell you that it's gone on and you go, okay, what do we do next? I'm like, you gotta, you gotta say that you did it. Just yeah. like, it's just, it's like, also because it's extraordinarily vulnerable, um, to acknowledge that you've done something wrong. And mm. what it does is it, I, for me, it's like when you, it's like opening your hands to someone else. Mm. If you've, if you've, um, messed up and you go, I've messed up. And it means that I'm I'm willing to uh, like listen to you and how it's affected you, and now that mm. that's happened, 
then we can hold hands and we can do the next thing. But if you yeah. keep your hands to yourself and go, yeah, moving forward, you're like, well, how are we going to move forward if we're two individual people, but we've got to do something together? Yeah. yeah. I think when people cry, I think because also having grown up sort of terribly middle class um, and, mm. and it's not, it's not, um, <clears throat> it's not the done thing to show emotion. Um, it's uncouth. Yeah. And it's, and it's, Mm. but also I think it's seen as, I think it's misogynistic as well because, bear with me, um, I think it's, it's seen as manipulative. If I'm crying, I'm turning on the waterworks. Yeah. yeah, And I'm not, it's just, um, I always used to, um, I always used to cry with any kind of authority. So if a Mm. teacher told me off, if a head teacher told me off, and then as an adult, when my boss would tell me off, I would just, it was just ingrained. I would just cry and I'm Mm. not being manipulative. And I hate that I'm crying as an adult in a work situation, Mm. but I'm really not being manipulative. It's like, Oh, you're just trying to make me feel sorry for you. So, so you don't have to take accountability Mm. and it's not, it's shame. Mm. Mine's shame or rage. I like to say my rage is coming out of my eyes. Yeah. You know, but what a health it's a, you know, rage in tear form. Oh mate. Like I, yeah. if I get so angry, then I will cry because my body can't take that kind of, mm. that intensity of emotion. Uh, and so it happens often. But I remember being in a business meeting uh, where I was told how much I was getting after all of these festivals and it was estimated to be like $10,000 more than it was. Mm. And I was so upset that I said, I just need a minute. And I went to the bathroom and I cried for five minutes and I came back. So it wasn't like I wasn't going to sit there and I, I went and I went and dealt with myself and, and let myself be <laughs> sad and then I could come back. Um, I've got a friend who worked in that same newsroom actually who used to do that, but she didn't have a cry. She'd have a wank. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lovely rage wank. And then- <laughs> rage wank. Yeah. Standing up. I always <laughs> found that idea like I can't wank standing up. It's just me. Yeah. Oh, I'm proud of you, Louise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really good stuff. Really good stuff. (laughs) The passive-aggressive rage wank. (laughs) This will show them. (laughs) (laughs) We've come a long way from the scenario. (laughs) I told you, mate, no short stories. Love it. Uh, so we're putting you back with your parents-in-law, but instead of your angel mother-in-law, you've got uh, somebody who can't be direct. No. Nah. No. Nah. No. Nah. No. Nah. When can't be doing that, mate. Can't be living with that. Nah. Like I, I live with them now because something enormous has changed with us. Mm. In that we have this common angel who we all love, um, and we've all like raised him together. Basically, I, I'm too old to live with people that go, um. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just saw that you left your towel on the lounge again. And um oh I've told you <laughs> that makes me <laughs> so like yeah. yeah, if you could not do that because I hate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd rather fucking towels in the lounge again. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have to be passive aggression or aggression. Aggression. <laughs> it can just be a request. Yeah. yeah. You know? There's, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to be uh, grown up about it. Why anyway, can't we all just be straight with each other? I love this. Yeah. You're making the world sound so easy. Yeah, I mean, you gently, <clears throat> gently straight with each other. Yeah. Not one of yeah. those, I tell it like it is people. It's like, yeah. no, 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 you've got problems with your parents that you haven't resolved. Yeah. You know, like these. Yeah. That's why I always say that gossip is um, 
gossip is what you wish you'd said to the person. If you oh. if there's something that you want to say to someone yeah. that you haven't, then you'll go and bitch about it to someone else. That's me anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Wow, you're so wise. Let's close this door then. You'd think I'd be further ahead in life, wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, okay, where right. are we? Door number. Door number. This the next one is four. Thank you. Door number four. So it's a week before Christmas, as it is when this podcast goes out, and your agent calls you with a special present. You've been asked to present a special Christmas edition of your hit comedy panel show. Never mind the buzzkill or something. It's about vibrators and terrible fingering or something. I don't know. But the show is going out live on Christmas Day and it's going to be fantastic, but it means missing the day with your family. What do you reckon? Is Christmas mm. important? Christmas is very important. Having said that, money. It's Christmas money. It's Christmas money. If it's Christmas money and it's television, I think I could. I will talk to my husband about it, not mm. because I need his approval whether I work or not, but this is a this is a family decision. We're trying to buy a house, so I think he yeah. would go take the money, babe. Um, I haven't spent Christmas with my family. Ugh, I don't know if I can say this without crying. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't actually know the last time I spent Christmas with my family. Uh, oh, actually, no. When my son was born, my sister came over, but I haven't been at home for Christmas since 2016, I think, something yeah. like yeah. that, maybe 2017. Yeah, 2017. So that's yeah. a really long time for me. I've never gone that long without Christmas and I've never been this long without seeing my family before. So mm. Christmas does uh, at the moment have a little bit of a sting anyway, even though I absolutely love Christmas. The fact that I can't be in Australia is um, mm. it's tricky. How old is your, is your little one? Uh, he's two. He turned two last week. So, so of course, at that age you Christmas. could, well, I was going to say, but at that age you could have Christmas the day before or the day after. Yeah. Also, we spend all, like we spend so much time together. He's not, he had a birthday and he sort of like liked cake and he liked that he had yeah. some things that he didn't have before, but he doesn't really get yeah, like opening yeah. presents yet. Mm. Um, the Christmas I just decoration. remembered we told our, we told our <laughs> twins because their birthday was always the day we came back from holiday or very often mm. around the day we came back from holiday. So we always just told them their birthday was the day after. Oh, we just didn't tell them it was yes. their birthday. We just did their birthday the day because too much hassle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We did that for years. We did. We did a lot of midnight happens at eight o'clock on New Year's Eve. We did a lot. Yeah. With the kids. Mm. Oh, it's midnight. Yeah. Right, go to bed. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's really but good then, stuff. But then we'd end up feeling a bit flat afterwards, you know, because yeah. we've done it. We, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember when when they were all babies, we would do. We would say to ourselves, "We'll get an early night on New Year's Eve, and we will wake up and because we're probably going to see the sunrise on New Year's mm. Day." Because we've got babies, and so let's. Our treat was always not staying up. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. How old have you just got the twins? Not just twins. I've up. got. Uh, I've got a twenty-six-year-old, and my twins are seventeen. Oh my god! I don't so, know how you do twins. I don't know how you fi do. Final, final Christmas before they probably leave. 
<laughs> Compulsory <laughs> board games. You spend time with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this they is love it. Time. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. I'm a great mum too. <laughs> anyway, we haven't we haven't worked out who. Okay, so here's the clincher. Is this you? Yes. The clincher is the guest star of this Christmas Day show that you get to work with and spend Christmas Day with is. Robin Williams. It's a no-brainer. If I told my husband I was going to host a TV show on Christmas Day and Robin Williams was going to be there, he's like, yeah. He'd say, yeah. There wouldn't be a conversation about that. I've got all goosebumpy again. Yeah. I don't think there's any question here. Is there there anyone on God's green earth who (laughs) would go... Bloody hell! The chance yeah. I've ever spent any time with him, let alone now. Yeah, um, it, you know, it's in funny because alternative dimension. He's not like my favorite uh, stand-up in the world. He's not my favorite actor in the world. I I like his stand-up, and I like, mm. but I just, you know, when you just think that person will be good, he'd be good, good people, mm. be good people. I think that he would be wise and kind and warm and fun. That's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Mm. And on yeah. Christmas Day when you're – Yeah. Because there's a bit of a blitz mentality, isn't there, to, to working on Christmas no matter what you're doing. Yeah, um, totally. And everybody makes it lovely. Uh, oh, gosh. God. I worked one Christmas as a waitress and it was the saddest. I was just watching all these very emotionally disconnected families eating at a, mm. a fancy restaurant going, yeah, and like being assholes to the waiters and I'm like, oh, this is oh. grim. I love yeah. Christmas and you people are ruining it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I cleaned the hospital. Oh. I, I was domestic at the hospital when I was a student and did it on Christmas Day. And they would bring their surgeons would go around every ward and carve the turkey with a scalpel. That was the funny, hilarious thing uh-huh. they did. Very few people were able to, because anybody who's in, actually in Christmas, in hospital Christmas, really, really needs to be there. Mm. So it was mostly quite sick people but it was it was so lovely it was such a nice place to be oh that's um, nice and, yeah I no one cared how well you mopped <laughs> i used to go to the hospital every christmas day because my dad was a gp so i go to the local cottage hospital and we'd be taken round in our sort of you know velvet pinafore dress to kind of uh, and he'd go in fancy dress and nice. and go and give all the nurses hugs and carve oh, the nice. yeah i imagine yeah. robin williams dressed as santa and just oh. you know, Oh. Uh, or an elf. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. The hairiest elf ever. The hairiest. They, he's got Bob Hoskins shoulder hair. That's what I yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, if you think of a hairy shoulder, it's Bob Hoskins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why, he's why got is similar that? Hair. I think he reveals them in a in a film. He does, oh, and also in um in, in in an interview, I think with Oprah or somebody. Like I'm a very very hairy man. He was a <laughs> Very hairy man. He was yeah. furry. Yeah. Yeah. So are you choosing oh. this door? I think I'm choosing this door. I think that's a really good thing. I'm going to press the wild applause button. Thank you. I love it. What a lovely. I'm so glad that came together the way that came together. Happy it's Christmas, so nice. one and all. <laughs> I don't think this guy's going to be selling dildos, though. I don't want to do that with Robin. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it would be fun. 
But it, I feel like he deserves more than that. Yeah. I yeah. tell you, he'd make it bloody hilarious, though, wouldn't That's he? That's true. Yeah, he That's would. true. He'd go off okay, a bit so of physical comedy like you've never seen. You, there's no way we can top this, but let's have a look at what you yeah. aren't doing. Could have turned down. Door number five. In this dimension, you are 16 years old. You're running a music gig and your headliner has just pulled out. You're down a serious amount of money. All is lost. Is this familiar? Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. Um, I was in a band uh, with my best friend, which we've discussed, and um, there was a, a subject called business studies and you had to create a product as part of your course. That was like part of the assignment or the your um you know, passing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, assessment. yeah, assessment, thank you. Okay. Um, so uh, there was a girl, Antoinette, and her um, product was going to be a compilation of CDs of Central Coast bands. So we all recorded. We got to record. I think they got a set amount of money to make it. I actually don't know how they raised the money to make it. But we got to record some songs. They made the CD and then they did a launch. They did a live launch um, of the CD and all the bands that were on the CD played and uh, were supported. And then <coughs> they had a head- headliner band. That's Amazon. Do you mind if I get the dog? Go, 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 go. Sorry. go for it. No, go for it. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi. Hello. There you go. <laughs> it's my postman who insists on doing an Australian accent every day. Oh, oh that must be hilarious. You must love that. Yeah, we've been here for two years. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're buying a house. It's not because Ooh, we're going to boy. We've got to get out of here. Yeah. We actually really <laughs> like the place, but I can't, I, I can't confront him. I've t- I'm too British now. <laughs> I know that we really like it when you come to the house and it's really nice when you do your Australian oh, yeah. accent, but can I just... Uh... <laughs> is there any way you could not do it? Yeah. <laughs> is there... Um, what's his accent? I That's did find good... when I was in Australia, which I was for three whole weeks... Um, I had to concentrate incredibly hard not to go up at the end of every sentence. It was just, yeah, it's just amalgamated. My husband yeah. was born in Wapping. He was born in the centre of <laughs> London. He lived there till he was 10 and then he moved to North London. When we go out, people go, which part of Australia are you guys from? My uh, accent is so powerful. It has usurped his native English accent because we're, yeah. especially after lockdown, <laughs> yeah. it's just... Trapped with this, trapped with this noise. But there is a there is a documented effect on people my age and younger that watching Neighbours and Home and Away in the eighties yes. gave us all the upward inflection at the end of a sentence. And yes. that's yes. Why, right. And and that's yeah. only from watching it like each of them twice a day. Um, yeah, I you know, just love. I remember that. So I'm one of the few Australians that you will meet that actually did watch Neighbours. I watch oh. a lot of Neighbours. Um, and up until basically when uh, uh, most people my age did, sort of like the early 2000s, we watched Carl and Susan and The Affair, obviously, yeah. and then probably yeah. five years after that to see how that panned out. Yeah. Um, so it is so joyful to come to the UK 
and I have neighbours' stories. Like I know people from neighbours and mm. more than I realised until I started talking about it. So <laughs> it's been this, it's it's like I heard a rumour. I've spread this rumour everywhere. It's probably not even true. The rumour is that the only reason Neighbours still gets made is because of the British market because the oh, TV sure show itself oh, yeah. has been moved to a digital channel. It was on the, the main yeah, yeah. channel until like four or five years ago, I think. Um, and so, yeah, uh, so b- British people, you know, with their love and em- embrace, embracement, that's not the right word, is it? Embrace. Embrace. Embracing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Of yeah. Embracing. Soap opera, a soap opera culture. Yeah. Embraciation. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Embraciage. Um, yeah. I'm so middle class, I make up the words. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? You, you know the yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that it, it's such an important cultural touch touchstone here still and that yeah. people talk about it like a friend, that they talk I about. I even talk about it when I'm teaching pregnant parents because um, there was a piece of research uh, in the 80s that uh, when busy mothers sat down with a cup of tea to watch Neighbours at quarter past five, um, their unborn babies would relax. Uh, and then after the babies were born, if you played the neighbours theme, it would calm the babies because they were used to just feeling all that oh. relaxation coming through their mother. Yeah. This is a so I always say to my clients, make sure you watch something good while you're pregnant. So like, what, oh yeah, no, my, the baby really loves Breaking Bad, so I have to <laughs> keep playing that for them. <laughs> I watched yeah. a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race before and after he was born. Yeah, a lot. Go. <laughs> and that's going to help his parenting. Yeah, that's yeah. How could that? How could that? Fail? We started picking up handbags, so I'm happy. Yeah. Great. Can we play dress up, mommy? Lovely. Please. Anyway, so we were talking about. Do you remember you were 16? You were running the music. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sorry about, about oh, God, we're playing a game, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm having so much fun, but just come on. Um. Yes. No. Great, Louise. Totally get it. Yeah. So I was 16. Um. At, at, uh, and the first one I sort of helped organise. Then Antoinette said she wanted to put on another one, so I helped organise that one. We opened for that one as well. We were a support act. And then she said, "I'm going away. Do you want to organise the third one by yourself?" Or another guy will help you out. And I said, yep. So I organised everything. He didn't do very much. Um, And then two weeks before the gig, the headliner pulled out. And, you know, all of our advertising was I'd go to the local library and photocopy a poster that was hand-drawn and then I'd go and tape it around telegraph poles around the suburbs. Um, And so we had to re-advertise. Uh, which was, you know, more photocopying, mm-hmm. and we didn't have many people turn up, but all of the equipment was hired. The band had to be paid, um, so I think I paid the band straight away. No, I paid for the equipment straight away, and then um, I was 16, so I don't know if legally I actually had to pay them. I think I could have just said I'm a child and <laughs> I wouldn't have had to pay them, yeah. um, but I got a job as a, in a kitchen washing dishes and I worked just about every shift there was over the summer holidays and I had a $1,500 debt in 1996 mm. and I worked all summer and then I paid it back at the end of that summer and I paid it off by myself. Great achievement. Hero, hero. It um, felt pretty good. Yeah. So in this scenario, um, a financial backer comes to the rescue instead. $1,500 is peanuts to them and they're happy to save the day. And that 
person is. It's the Barmy Army. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like well, the Barmy Army? I love the Barmy Army. They're great. They're so much better at what they do than we are. We're shit. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any songs. We've got hardly any songs. We don't put the gusto in that the Brits do. They've got, you know, they've got, they they have package tours. They will go over hundreds and hundreds of people. Obviously that won't be the case this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. but they just—I love them. I think they're fantastic, and I—I I, totally I, imagine them putting their hand, you know, having a whip round. Oh yeah, know, reading your story in the local press or whatever, and having a whip. Yeah, round yeah, and, yeah. Know, if they knew I was a cricket fan, mind you, I'm Australian, so I don't know if they do a yeah. whip round for me. Yeah, but yeah, the Aussie, the Aussie tennis fans are fantastic. The Aussie tennis oh, do you fans think so? are, yeah. They, they. I mean, not at not at midnight at the Aussie Open where they're all absolutely pissed, but yeah. Um, but otherwise, oh, no, they're great. Yeah. No, the Australian Open, I was thinking of them over here because I think of the Barmy, like I love the Barmy Army here, but I also really yeah. love the dedication of how many of them go over to Australia for the Ashes. But, yes, Australian yeah. cricket, uh, Australian whereas, tennis crowds are great. Um, yeah, but whereas having, the British, the people who support British tennis and go abroad to cheer for that are the very, very opposite of the Barmy Army. They are called the BATS, the British Association of Tennis Supporters. And they are mostly women in their seventies. Amazing! And they're like, "Come on, Tim!" <laughs> and it's 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 embarrassing. So, oh, yeah. I know it's sweet. I think it's yeah. sweet that there's that they want to support them is very sweet. I that think any is, kind of yes. support is lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The Australian Open is is really cool. I went to the women's final in two thousand and twelve. I think Wonderful. as part of a movie that I was um in, mm, like I think this movie. And one of it was basically the movie was uh, apart from the actual story, it was sort of a, a love letter to Melbourne. So it had all of the highlights of things that you do in Melbourne. Um, and so we got went to see the women's um, Australian Open final, yeah. and it was over in like they did. It was two sets. It ran like ninety minutes or something. It was really short, maybe eighty minutes. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. It was like ah. It's embarrassing when they're like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and then the next night was probably Nadal and Djokovic till two yeah. o'clock in the morning. People <laughs> taking their shirts off. <laughs> it's thirty degrees because it's in Melbourne. In Melbourne in January, it's like oh, yeah. Mind yeah. you, I've done I've done a Christmas day in Melbourne, and oh, I've done lots of them. But I remember when I didn't live there, and I went down <laughs> for the ashes actually, uh, and it was thirteen degrees on Christmas day. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, this is very bad. I think we've almost had 13 degrees here at Christmas, thanks to global yeah. warming. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to global warming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the uh, just I mean, you can't have this situation because this scenario because you're already, mm. you know, uh spending Christmas with Robin Williams. Williams. But if if do you think you would choose an option where you could go back and ha- and be kind of have someone parachute in and rescue you in that? No, I think I would like someone to have helped before. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, I don't know. Maybe the money would have been nice to have. Yeah, you know, the money. But would actually, have been you. Nice. But but then, but then, you must have learned so much. You must have developed as a person so much by doing that, by achieving that awful summer of working really hard to pay it off. Yeah, um, that must have well, shaped I, you. 
Well, yeah, I kept working in kitchens after that. Like I stayed, I didn't just work the summer and then leave when I made yeah. the money. I stayed and I, yeah, I was a, you know, was a short order cook and then I was a waiter and. Mm. Um, and I like the morality as well of, you know, the band got paid. The artist matters. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was real, um, you know, like my pet, one of the great things that my parents did do is they're both really working class and, it was like work was the only thing matters. And obviously there's a flip side to that where there's, you know, yeah. some detrimental um, ethics that, you know, when you're like, well, work is the only thing that matters and mm, I'm not yeah. a person if I'm not working or if I'm not worthy or whatever. Um, but it meant that I always worked hard. I never, I always thought you had to work hard. I didn't think yeah. there was such a thing as getting money. Uh, we were poor, so it wasn't actually yeah. something, no, something that my dad did do. I know he did it with my, when I was saving, I was saving to buy a guitar and an amplifier and I was, it was probably around the same time. I don't know if it was before or after this, but it was going to be $450. And so I worked and I saved and I worked and I saved and it was still in the paper. It was in the classifieds in the mm. back of it, um, the paper. And dad said to me one day, he said, how much money have you got for your guitar? And I said, oh, I've got 300. And he goes, all right, well, I'll give you the 150 because you've worked really hard. Mm. So it was that idea that you mm. you can be helped. It's not yeah. about you have to do everything by yourself, but mm. it's important to work for what you want and then yeah. sometimes you'll get rewarded for that. And it wasn't yeah. always a given, but it was something that Dad did. That's nice. But it was really um, I, I ended up going on to do like a, a course in music business management after that um, and I, you know, I did learn about being a band manager and music publishing and licensing and uh, all of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it really piqued this an interest in me. Help, and did, did that help with your comedy career in a way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's business stuff. Mm. Um, uh, and also, before I was a stand-up, I was a. I spent two years on tour with a mate of mine as the production manager and part-time tour manager, and I'd operate the shows. So now when I do uh, gigs, one, I'm always nice to tech, I'm always mm-hmm. nice to production, but two, it also I know when they're lying to me. When they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, we, we don't have any more lights. I'm like, what about those three Fresnels that are up there? And they're like, oh, yeah, oh. they work. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so door number five you can't have. Is that okay? That's fine. Let's find out what was behind the final door. So you've got Christmas Day with Robin Williams presenting your panel show. Yeah. What if we were to offer to swap that for whatever's behind door number six? Nah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I was on very firm ground with that offer, but it could be something brilliant. I'm a real bird in a hand kind of girl. I'm not a, I'd love to think that I'm a gambler. I'm just not. Whenever I see tipping, like the chase. Yeah. And they're like, you can get 64 grand. I'm like, you could, or you could lose 64 grand. Earn the two. (laughs) Let's find out what it is. Door number six. Behind door number six is the ghost of Christmas future. You're going to have what you deserve, Felicity Ward. You and your writing partner have won a BAFTA for your smash hit sitcom. 
How you feeling about turning this door down? Ah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you step onto the stage to collect your award, looking absolutely incredible, obviously, and you turn grinning to your writing partner, who is... Louis Tomlinson. Oh, <laughs> from One Direction. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> now, oh, look, I'd love a BAFTA. I'd love my own sitcom. He seems like a nice guy, but I still, I think I I would probably prefer that, but I'm not sad about my choice. You know what I mean? Also, why, else, why is the dominatrix thrown up Louis Tomlinson? Okay. What's your so, connection here? So I watched X Factor one year. I watched I just got obsessed with it and I watched it every week and he was one of the judges on it and what you will you'll know directioners like their their fans yeah. are absolutely mad right they're mad um they are <laughs> obsessive and so I wrote on Twitter something like out of the blue tweet all of Louis Tomlinson's um contestants that he's mentored have cried at different points and at no point as he said come on, mate, don't cry, or try to make it better. He hasn't tried to talk them out of it. He's basically just said, he's just hugged them and said, it's going to be okay, let it out. Anyway, this tweet went one direction viral. <laughs> like, like it, you know, probably one person might have retweeted that, probably not even that because pe- people that follow me are directioners. Yeah. It, I sent this out like four years ago. Every now and again, someone will retweet it and it'll keep retweeting and retweeting and retweeting <laughs> the directions. And then I started talking to them because they're all so sweet. Mm. They're the most angelic little babies that follow One Direction. And they're mm. like, you're one of us, us now. You're our queen. Everyone's welcome here. I'm like, babies. <laughs> I wish I Say something nice someone. about a K-popper. <laughs> it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, you'll go global. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. how lovely. Oh, but you don't you you don't regret not writing a, a sitcom with him. No, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure we would have had a great time. But I also think the um, I don't know. Doing it, doing it. You'd right? have had to do the heavy lifting, I suspect. Yeah, I think he would have brought the money element, the investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe he, probably- like he was the house band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if it was a variety show, I don't know. Oh, I love the idea of a sitcom with a house band, though. Quick, quick, Pitch it. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. I did write. I wrote this idea called. Uh, it's funny because I think that um, I think May Martin did something very similar, and we thought about it almost seven years apart. Me in Australia, and I never did it. And then May did something I think similar at um, Soho. I had this idea called Slumber Party and it was set in my bedroom in the 90s and there was a house band and, like, my oh, idea yeah. was Ross Noble lived in the washing basket and he would just pop out every now and again and just be a Geordie. <laughs> and then I had, like, yeah. some weird mates that would pop over the window and have a chat. It was very, like, you know, weird variety sketch. Mm, 90s. Fun. Maybe I'll Great do it. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. Thank you so much. So, so that's it. You have you have Robin Williams. You have Christmas Day. You have right. lots just of money. Just going to shut the door on the BAFTA. Just going to oh, close yes, the BAFTA that. door. You go. Feels it's good, you, guys. I think I made the right choice. Yes, I think good. you did.
Good. I think okay. you did. Wonderful. Before yeah. you go through door number four to that lovely that lovely scenario, where can our listener, Becky Chapman, who you knew in Oz 20 years ago, but who now lives next door to Louise, find out more about you? Tell us about your, your imminent 2022 triplets, of course, as it were. Yeah. So I had a baby in 2019 and lots of people have had babies. Um, but there is so much stuff I didn't know that no one tells you and that you just have to like shock absorb when it happens. Mm. And uh, I tried to, you know, whenever I wrote stand up or thought about it, I couldn't think how I could put all, couldn't think how I could put pregnancy and birth and having a newborn into an hour. It just, mm. and not that I'm prolific, it's just such a life changing experience in so, so many ways. Mm. It was so difficult. So I'm doing three hour long shows um, next year that I'm going to take on tour somewhere. It'll be at Edinburgh, hopefully, for a couple of weeks. And then I don't know. I think it'll probably tour for a while. I don't Ooh. think it's going to be like short term touring um, all over the country. I think it'll be, mm. it'll have to be slow and drip fed because it's three different shows. So mm. I'll either do them Thursday night, I'll do the pregnancy show. Friday night, I'll do the birth show. Saturday night, I'll do the newborn show. Mm-hmm. Or I'll do all three shows in one city in one day. So I don't know how wow. I'm gonna don't know how I'm gonna tour it yet. But last week I did uh, a first work in progress of each of the three shows. Um, so I've got a I've got a base for them now. I've never been That's this. Pro- I've never I've never had a show one hour that is in some shape nine months before. Never mm-hmm. had it. So to have three is a very. I'm I am not a prolific. Uh, writer Uh, it's really hard for me I have to work really hard to come up with the shows but during lockdown the first lockdown I think I did an Instagram live and I told my birth story I just Mm -hmm. told people and it went for an hour and 40 minutes and I recorded it and then I sent it off to a transcribing website they sent it back and then I just edited it down and that was like 18 months ago I think uh, I thank God I said it then because I read it now. I'm like, I don't remember any of those any details time. or I yeah. wouldn't if I had yeah. to reel it off the top of my mm-hmm. head. And so I did it last week for the first mm-hmm. time on stage and it ran just over an hour. So it's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. love that you're, I love that this time you're really, really prepared nine months in advance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's rather glorious. <laughs> also, can I say to the listeners that Pauline messaged me a bunch of times um, while I was having a really hard time with postnatal depression. And I don't think I answered because we didn't know each other well and I felt so depressed and I felt mm. so scared that I couldn't reach out to people I didn't know. Yeah. But I always remembered it and it was it's Aww. really, really important. And um I I wish that I'd taken the call. I wish that I'd uh listened because I was so lonely and I was in so much pain and I know that you have experience with that and mm. um I had uh, it both times. Yeah, life-threatening yeah. both times. Yeah, so. it's brutal. But I also it's knew you could I also understood completely that you can't answer at that moment. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've done it and you're like, oh, this is, she just can't. But I just wanted yeah. to, to acknowledge that it was, um, uh, it was, yeah, it was really, really wonderful. At the time it felt invasive. I was <laughs> like, oh, no, people know it's out. Mm. And because pe- the, the amazing thing about stand-up is, uh, people think I'm really open, but actually it's a very controlled environment mm-hmm. in how open yeah. I am. I tell you exactly what I want of my life in the way that's uh, digestible for you and for me. 
but I actually don't want anyone's feedback on that. I want them to laugh and that's it. We don't have a conversation about that stuff. I don't truly want you to know me. It's quite distancing. So to get a WhatsApp message, I'm like, oh, no, they know. That's not what I intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, They being anyone else. Yeah, but it was it's such a beautiful thing to have someone reach out to you and I can look back now and go, Oh God, I would have I would have benefited so much. So if anyone is listening and they've got postnatal and someone reaches out, even if it's really painful, if if they know what they're talking about and they've had it before, I promise you it will help. Mm. Oh, bless you. Bless you. And uh, and anywhere else that we can see you, is that there anything Oh, probably. I always get called for that that like at the last minute. Um, I'm, I'll probably do Guilty Feminist. I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast called Urncasters, uh, because I love cricket. Um, and it used to be called the Unbelievable Ashes or Unbelievable. And that was with ABC in Australia. They're no longer making it. There's lots of reasons that there is no hard feelings, but now it's been made under the Bugle podcasts. Yeah. Um, so if you are a fan of the Bugle, if you're a fan of cricket, if you're a fan of me or Andy Zaltzman, we are doing a podcast for the Ashes called Urncasters. I'm doing Fantastic. my own podcast called Turning Point. I don't know when that will be out, but the idea is speaking to people when they've had a life-changing moment. Um, and then uh, in Australia I'm in a show called Wakefield, uh, which was a drama. It's on iPlayer. If you have a VPN, you can watch it illegally. Um, <laughs> it's the show that I filmed when I had postnatal depression and a two-month-old baby and it is set in a psychiatric hospital and I played wow. a psychiatric nurse and wow. one of the characters had postnatal depression. It oh. was wild, wild, I tell you. Brutal. And that's God. also in Showtime, uh, on Showtime in America at the moment. Wow. Um, and that's probably wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that show and thank God it was my husband and I were like, this better be good because this yeah. has done some damage. Mm, we yeah. suffered. We really suffered. Um, and mm. the show is extraordinary. And today I'm going to update my website. So if you go to my website, it's going to be updated because I haven't I haven't even put gigs. I did a work in progress last night and walking there I went, you haven't even put this on Instagram stories. You haven't <laughs> just, fortunately there were people there. but <laughs> Fantastic. So is that felicityward.com? Com.net.com. Um, I'm at, on Twitter, Facebook, website, it's uh, at Felicity Ward. And then I think on TikTok, I'm Felicity Jane Ward or Felicity J Ward with just the letter. I can't remember. It's one of those. One of them. You'll find her. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank yep. you. No worries, guys. Thank you. And for we'll having see me. you soon. Bye bye. Bye. We'll close the door. And so that's all we've got time for. Follow us on the socials as well at. at E-Y-R-E-L-E-I-G-H on Twitter, Early Doors on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed yourself, please leave us a review, subscribe or tell a friend. And even better, of course, do all three. So bye. I'm off through this door to an art therapy session where I have to make music from samples of my phobia, hiccups. Oh. Oh. (laughs) And I'm going through this door to September the 28th, 1977. Instead of rushing home from school to watch the Mark Boland show, I'm there. Special guest is David Bowie and they sing Heroes together. Oh, heaven. This podcast is brought to you by us. We did all the work. The voiceovers were by John Darvel. Well done, him, eh? (laughs)